When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Hi, welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I am your host, Amber Hurdle, and I am thrilled to be back in town um, and doing yet another episode. Um, I have been all over the country already. And today I was actually supposed to be in Minnesota, but that particular event chose to reschedule till September. So um, I will be visiting Minnesota in uh, much nicer temperatures. So thank you to everybody who's been following along on social media and um, encouraging me as I have been trying to navigate intense weather and just all the craziness that goes with traveling and trying to get to where I'm going so that I could take the stage (laughs) and be there for the people who have hired me. Um, so also in this crazy weather, and I just decided I'm not even taking my hat off for y'all watching on YouTube today, because I wasn't going to try to do my hair, (laughs) but, um, so new fun, find ice cubes. Totally love that sugar-free um, gum pina colada flavor. You totally feel like you're in the tropics. Let's see if I could put that in the, let's see, there we go. If you're watching on YouTube, um, ice cubes, pina colada. Yeah. So like, I'm totally having a summer moment, (laughs) even though it's despicable winter. If you are in the middle Tennessee area, then you know just how crazy it has been. And, um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I want too much more of this. So we're just going to hope that it does not, we had like six or seven inches of snow, I think eight in some areas. And it hasn't, we haven't had a snowfall like that in 45 years. So good times. I was in San Diego for most of it. And just as an FYI, if you are in the Los Angeles or San Diego areas or orange County, or like that whole, like SoCal type area, let me know. Um, I might do like, a like an event, like a just small, you know, Dutch treat made out of you know, cocktail hour or whatever. Um, and then I'm definitely meeting with some people for potential speaking engagements or consulting or coaching and that sort of thing in different companies. So, um, hit me up amber at amberhurdle.com and we will go from there. All right, let's dig into today. Now that we have our gum situated and my travel situation. Um, let's see today. I want to talk about three reasons why you might be frustrated with your sales and marketing efforts. And let me tell you, listen, I work with women and men for that matter. And, um, and there's just a lot of consistency in some of the things that I see. And to be brutally honest, like we've all been stuck. I mean, the past couple of years, it's really been hard to get into a rhythm because we've, a lot of us have had to, what, what are they calling it? Um, Oh, what's the word? What's the key word? 
we're, we all have a new normal and we are all like flexing or adapting, but there's some, um, some word that's overused. So I guess I'm not using that overused word, no matter what, but anyways, we've all had to do like lots of different things, but I feel like we're kind of settling in again. So I want to go over some things that you might be not doing correctly or is correctly the right word. These are the things that you're doing that might be less helpful And I want to give you some opportunities to think about things a different way. And when I talk about marketing, I do it in three month sprints. And I've always said that if you've read my book, the bombshell business woman, then you know that I have something called a red lipstick marketing plan. And it's all in here. So some of the things we're going to be talking about today, if (laughs) I think last time I checked, it was $9.99 on Amazon. You could check target books, a million, whatever. Um, but it's all in there. You could download the free workbook to go along with it. But what I like to do is just three months at a time because you never know what's going to happen. And I think COVID was kind of an extreme example of that, but still like you don't know what policies or, um, you know, laws might change. You might not understand that there is some, a dynamic that changes in the industry that you primarily do business in. And there's so many things that can be like Instagram can completely change. It's a logarithm or Facebook can decide that some of the things you've been depending on just aren't going to be things you could depend on anymore. So if we only look at three months at a time, then that gives us the ability to adapt and to flex and to evaluate things and see like, okay, well, this is working. So we're going to keep doing that for the next three months. And this isn't working. So we're not going to waste our time doing that. And three months really is a good baseline to see what is working and what isn't. And before you turn this off going, I'm not trying to market my business. If you are recruiting for any team members, you need to listen to this episode too, because marketing is marketing is marketing. Whether you're marketing a product or a service or you're marketing your employer brand and trying to attract and retain employees. Okay. So you want to attract and retain market share. You want to attract and retain team members. So let's dig in. Okay. So most of you um, write to me when you are frustrated with your results, you have a roller coaster of results or things just aren't working at all. Um, you're super tired with keeping up with the newest trends. Um, you've tried to hand it off and stick your head in the sand, but then you woke up and you realize, whoops, um, I'm not where I want to be financially or with my customer base. And I'm not where I want to be with my team members. Um, so if any of those things resonate with you, I just want you to know that today's episode is really going to be um, hopefully a breath of fresh air. So um, just having a formula where you can somewhat hit the easy button, at least on the strategy side of things, so you can rock and roll. Um, a lot of you might be hairdressers or hair educators, estheticians, um, maybe a leader or even just a cheerleader for your team. If you're not in like a very specific, like I oversee or manage these people, you might be a customer service, um, just advocate. Um, you could be an owner, maybe a practitioner. I know we have a lot of lawyers. We have a lot of people in financial services, um, all of our friends in hospitality, whether that's hotel or vacation rentals. Um, I could go on and on and on a travel industry, just spoke to uh, some travel industry folks yesterday. So this is for everyone. Okay. This does not, this isn't niche specific or industry specific. So let's dive in. So the first mistake that you might be making or your team might be making 
is that you have no consistent active marketing strategy, meaning you don't have a measurable plan in place to go out and ask people to be your customer. (laughs) Yeah. You actually have to ask people to do business with you. It's a whole thing. So let's talk about that. Um, there's a lot of new whiz bang, like TikTok, whatever. And I'm not saying don't do TikTok. I'm just saying like, just because something new is coming out doesn't mean you need to um, be all on it. So I just really want you to focus on where you can jot down three ways that you can go out and actively seek new customers that is in alignment with who you are. Like it's not going to be super painful for you, meaning you will actually do it because you can create a plan. And if you hate it, you're not going to do it. So, I mean, there's certain things that I'm just not going to do because I don't have like a ton of like routine follow through and things like that. And I'm on an airplane all the time or in front of an audience. And so like, I can't say, oh, I'm going to go live every day at 1 PM. Like that's just going to be such a struggle for me. So just be thinking about those things as I list off some of these active marketing strategies that you can have. So networking, first and foremost, I'm sorry. I know people who don't love networking um, don't want to hear this, but the majority of, <coughs> excuse me, I still have this tickle in my throat. I've been sick since, gosh, when was the first time I told you I was sick? It was really hard as an aside. I know I'm a little uh, rambly today, so forgive me. It's really hard to be a speaker and a podcaster and rest your voice. <laughs> P.S. So let's talk about networking. Um, I'm, I have a whole episode on it. Even if you are an introvert, I want you to understand the power of networking as an active marketing strategy. People love to do business with people. They what? Everybody say it all together. They know, like, and trust. And so if you are serving a particular niche, then it's incumbent upon you to network in areas, um, places online where people are either your customers or they are a referral source. Okay. So a lot of the business that I get does come from referral. Oh, you have to talk to Amber or somebody knows me and they make a suggestion. Um, a lot of my speaking comes that way. So a lot of the marketing that we do is, is very, very specific or it involves networking. And so for those of you who are like, well, how do I know where to go? Well, ask around. If you're looking at a particular vertical that you want to tackle, then go to their conferences, sign up for their Facebook groups, um, go to the local connections that that they have um, in the city where you are. Um, I know I was laser coaching a woman who um, she she needed to network. This was really more for her, um, you know, just personal network of having more support, like thought leaders at her level because she's you know it's lonely at the top. And we decided that where she needed to go probably wasn't even the community that she lived in because um, no knock to small communities. I live in a small town. There's lots of big thinkers here, but by and large, they're, they're thinking small. And so for her, and when I mean small, I mean like small town, like they're thinking at the small town level and she was having to think at the national level. And so I was like, I don't know if the people that are going to help you go there mentally are really in your backyard, but there is a larger city closer to her. And so I encouraged her to get involved with some of the, um, opportunities there. Now, why does that matter? Well, I will tell you, not only do you have thought partners, but you have people who get to know you, your business. And when I say your business, it could be a business that you own or a business unit that you're in charge of, 
or it could be that um, you can talk about how great it is to work for the company that you work for. And then when people are like, I get notes all the time of, Hey, I've got this friend who's looking for a job and I'm very well connected in a lot of different industries. And it's very easy for me to like position these people um, and put them in front of the right eyeballs. And so networking to me, relationship is relationship is relationship. If you're introverted and you're like, oh my God, the thought of going networking is like, just once I just want to claw my eyeballs out. All you have to do is ask people to talk about themselves. People love talking about themselves. Okay. So you don't even have to be like completely prepared, but I will say go with like three talk points, go with three things. First of all, go with an outcome. What are you trying to do? Are you trying to connect with um, potential referral sources? Are you looking to get to know people who might be able to become customers? PS, don't be like, hi, I'm Amber and I'm a speaker. Do you want to hire me? Like create a relationship, get to know people. And then as things develop, then when you have that kind of trust, that's when you can start asking for like, hey, would you open this door for me? But like, you don't try to marry people when you're just meeting them. Okay, like go on a date, (laughs) even if it's like a coffee date via Zoom, all right? So there's that. Um, now Facebook live, Instagram live. There's so many great examples of that. And some of you are very dynamic and animated. I'm dynamic and animated, but obviously that's not something I have quite really dug into yet. Um, again, it's just like a consistency thing. And so look into what does that look like? There's a gajillion different free videos on YouTube free blogs on YouTube. You do not have to take a course. Okay. It is going to take you more time to figure this out on your own, but anything that I talk about today is a quick Google where you can get some best practices and then just do it. The only way to get good at something is just do it. I I said this yesterday from stage, Michael Jordan did not get chosen for his high school basketball team. He did not make his high school basketball team. So what did he do? He practiced. Okay. When I first started my podcast, which is a huge marketing arm for me, this is huge because you guys get to know me. I get to know you. And then you're like, Oh, I mean, I, I get told by meeting planners. There were several people in our organization that requested you as a speaker. Well, how does that even happen? Like, I don't know how these people found out about me. Oh, they're podcast listeners. So Podcasting might be something for you, but so could Facebook live or like really hunkering down on your YouTube channel. And there's all kinds of places you can learn really inexpensively too. like, um, oh, now I can't think of them, but we'll, we'll look about, uh, maybe put some in the show notes, but there's all kinds of, um, you know, you can get things for like $29, like, um, Udemy, I think is one of them, all kinds of things like that. So, um, and there's also a ton of people out there who don't value themselves. And so they sell things super cheap. And I'm not saying that's a great thing, but I'm just saying there's lots of opportunities to learn. How do I do a Facebook live? And truly, let me just say this before you go hunting for some expert. And if you're not watching me on YouTube, I'm air quoting expert, go to Facebook. They have education there. YouTube has like a whole YouTube Academy. Okay. Um, if you happen to download software like Streamyard or, or Ecamm or anything like that, they have, <laughs> excuse me, I'm going to be coughing in this mic this whole time. I apologize. They have different things to teach you. Okay. So just some other ideas, text promotions. Those are always <laughs> in vogue and fashion, um, email marketing campaign. Um, that is another fantastic, um, 
the email is not dead. Let me just tell you that. So when I say an email campaign, then that's like somebody opts in to a particular freebie that you're giving away. And then you put them through a funnel set, offer that value, give things to them that will be helpful for them along that same vein of whatever it is that you're offering and also matches whatever your sales offering is. So you'll see this a lot, obviously, you know, bed, bath and beyond, we all have our 20% off coupons from bed, bath and beyond. And so if you opt into their email, you get a 20% off coupon and then they have the right to email you. They don't necessarily do like a whole onboarding type email sequence, but they do email you about different things that they have to offer you. Um, you know, you can overkill on that or not. Again, if you sign up with ConvertKit, then ConvertKit has all kinds of training around it. If you sign up with Active Campaign, they have all kinds of training around it. Um, uh, MailChimp, all that kind of stuff. While I'm listing all of these, I just want you to pick like two to three out of this category for the next three months. And again, whether you're trying to sell a product or a service or you're trying to sell jobs, <laughs> it's highly competitive right now. You have to think like a marketer. Um, direct mail still works. It is still a thing. It's still alive and well, and especially for local businesses. So if you're serving a local community, then doing like a drive time radius on whatever list you buy or getting with your chamber of commerce and buying a list of members, that is something that <laughs> you can definitely take advantage of. But I challenge you to have like a response code so that if there's something that they can opt into, like you create a landing page, or even if they call, you can say, Oh, it's your response code. Was there a little code on, on the, on the, um, pamphlet or the, um, postcard or, you know, the letter or whatever, and then you can track what it costs you in order to obtain that lead. Okay. So you can take whatever you spend on ads and whatever you're spending on your email marketing, and then divide that by the number of emails that went out and then how many people bought. And you can figure out how much does it cost me to convert one person into a customer? And I want you to do that because that's how we're going to understand, is this working or not? So everything that I tell you to do, <laughs> I want you to somehow figure out how to measure it. Now, we don't have time to do all of that in this particular episode, um, but it is certainly something that you want to figure out. If this is what we're trying to do, how are we going to measure if this is working or not? Otherwise, you're going to get to the end of your three months and it's not going to um, it's not going to be something that you can determine if you want to continue the next three months or not. Okay. Let me pick up the pace. So direct mail, um, paid sponsorships, meaning you pay someone to be a brand advocate for you. Um, you don't have to be Kylie Jenner. Okay. Um, even locally, you can pay local influencers or you can get with up and cupping influencers on TikTok or Instagram or whatever to talk about your product, talk about your service. Um, and then you could pick people even in your organization to get online and talk about their experience working for your company where they have a really good um, story to share. Um, speaking engagements, be known as the expert in your area. Now I'm a professional speaker. So that means like I get paid to speak meaning I put keynotes together. I decide with the meeting planners, what the best course of action is. We customize things and then I get paid to speak. However, there is a model where you speak because you have something to sell and you don't even necessarily have to sell 
um, from stage. Some places let you do that. Others don't. And I'll give you a really good example of this. Um, Karen Fleck, I believe Karen, hold on. I'm going to get this. I want to get it right because she's amazing. And I want you to look her up. Maybe. Yes. Karen Fleck. Okay. So her company, she's a CFO of rented rented rented.com. So, um, her company was the presenting sponsor for a conference that I was the opening keynote. She was the closing keynote. Typically companies like to take that as, um, an opportunity to really talk about their company and why you should do business with them. And Karen did not do that. Karen got up and talked about all kinds of stuff. And, and, and you could go back to, I believe it's the episode where we talked about why we need to have women's conferences. She got up there and she stole the show. I mean, she was amazing. She talked about the fact that she grew up with a stutter and what did that look like? And what did it look like to be a female and an executive and was just completely vulnerable and, and (laughs) hysterical. Her stories were amazing. And there was not a soul in that ballroom that wasn't like poised to do business with rented because she took an opportunity to speak, to promote her company, but she didn't even promote her company. I mean, she talked about how much she liked working for rented, but she did not give a pitch whatsoever. But do you know that every single person in there, if this company was to reach out to them and say like, Hey, we'd love to talk about doing business with you. Talk about a warm audience. They love Karen now. And um, the follow-up that the company did after the conference and the blog post that they wrote and everything was just masterful. Um, Another example (laughs) would be like any CEO who serves on a panel of a conference. Um, You can do that in your company. Go be an expert and then people are going to be drawn to you. All right. Um, of course, social media, don't hide behind that. That's always an option. You want to make sure that you're mixing things. And I know this is basic for some of you. And then some of you are like feverishly writing. So just bear with me. Social media, you want to mix different things like um, everything from entertainment, like something that's funny to educational, offer some insights, something thought provoking, something that people can actually put into practice. And then every once in a while, ask for the business. Okay. You don't want to every single day be like, Hey, look at me. This is what I have to sell because nobody cares. But if they think that you care about them and you care about the things that they care about, and it looks pretty seamless in their feed compared to all of their friends and their family, they're going to pay more attention to that. Okay. And then of course, um, upselling your business once the customer is already there. So let's talk about that. So let's just say that you are, um, you're a, a spa and you have an existing customer base. It's a whole lot easier to say, I'm going to send an email to my existing customers and tell them about this special that's for existing customers only where I can get some revenue in play a lot faster than trying to acquire new customers that don't know anything about us. They don't trust us. They don't know how amazing we are, but I can sell something like, Hey, we are opening up X amount of, you know, girls night opportunities. We have 10 to sell at this price and it comes with champagne and everybody gets to go home with a face mask. Um, so that you can follow up, you know, the next week to maintain whatever services you've got. I don't know. Just throwing stuff out there. That is so much easier. So be thinking about, all right, these are the people who already do business with me. What can I provide to them? Okay. 
what's the next step? Somebody that already does business that can take with you. So we want to make sure that we measure your success again. So it, that could be like in revenue, like how much new business did this bring in? That could be an increase in like each person's spend. So maybe if you're a restaurant, then you want to maybe put a training program together where your, your servers know to always ask, um, you know, that if, if they want an appetizer, so somebody might be coming in and, and all they're going to do is get a meal. Well, you want to have them come in and specifically ask, can I get you started with an appetizer? Let me tell you about this one. It's so popular. Everybody loves it. It's juicy and it's this and it's creamy and like be very descriptive. Now they're buying an appetizer. Stay on them when their drink gets low. Would you like another maker's mark? before it gets there, because most people are going to be like, Oh yeah, I guess I do. But if it's sitting there and then they get distracted with something else, you're not going to upsell them and then make sure you don't bring them the check, ask them about dessert. Or would you like an after dinner drink? Or would you like coffee? That was a big meal. Would you like to settle that with some coffee or some tea or, or an after dinner drink, train your people to try to get that per person spend up. If you're a retailer, then, oh, did you see that what you picked out there is actually three, you know, buy two, get one 50% off. Do you want to go back and look for a third piece so that that can be something for you? Train your team to make that increase per person spend um, higher and put goals around it, put a competition around it. You can measure things by increase in website traffic. It could be an um, increase in website conversions. You can measure increase in phone traffic. Yes, whoever's at your front desk or whoever answers your phone should be tracking every single call that comes in every single day and capture information about that inquiry, whether they bought something, booked something or not. They called you, always ask, oh, so good to hear from you. How did you hear about us? I ask that every single time somebody calls me and wants me to come speak, how did you, who can I thank for referring you? Oh, actually I saw you on XYZ website or I stumbled across your podcast. And so now I know what's working and what's not. So measure that via phone inquiries. Um, so huh, let's see here. Yeah. I would say that the reason why a lot of people flip-flop in their marketing efforts and they change course every couple of weeks is um, pivot. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> pivot, wait the three months, measure along the way before you pivot. And the reason why you're inconsistent is because you don't know what's working and what isn't. So guess what? If your ideal customer is on Pinterest, she's not likely going to be on Twitter. Um, why you're trying to spread yourself thin by being on every single platform is beyond me. We have very specific um, areas where we spend more time than others because we know where our people hang out. That's not to say that you can't be on all, on all platforms, but measure it, see where your people are actually spending time with you. Um, be intentional, see if it works and give that three months of consistency and then do a final evaluation and decide um, what you want to add and what you might want to subtract for the next three month period. Okay. So that's really like the big game hunting, right? That's like you going out and trying to get people to come another mistake that people make. And I am, I've been making this one for a while myself is your marketing home is not prepared to receive guests. So when you invite somebody over to dinner, you clean your house, you have glassware that you might offer them water or a cocktail or whatever, um, you're prepared. And so the same thing has to go with your business. You need to have your passive marketing 
in place. So first of all, be consistently branded <laughs> right now. It's driving me nuts. Oh my gosh. This is the bombshell business podcast and Apple podcast will not charge, change my artwork. It still says velvet machete leadership podcast. It's maddening. So you see the big image and then I'm like, welcome to the bombshell business podcast. Like it doesn't go. So I have to continuously follow up with them. That's lame. Um, so you want to be consistently branded. If someone seeks you out, you should make them feel the same way about your business. Like whether they're on your website or on your social media, or they're actually in your physical business, if you have a brick and mortar, um, so make sure that you have that in place and then you need to take action. So I want you to choose two ways that you can amp up your passive marketing in the next three months. So the first active, I want like two to three ways passive. I want you to pick like two. Okay. I mean, if that's too much, just pick one, but I want you to look at your website. Is it ready for visitors? Do they know if somebody lands on your website, do they know what you want them to do next? Do you want them to book an appointment? Do you want them to download a free resource or a coupon? Do you want them to follow you on Instagram? Personally, I wouldn't recommend if somebody lands on your website for you to put them out to your satellite at, at Instagram. Okay. You want to keep them on your website, try to capture their email, create a relationship with you in your home. But some people, you know, they want to get their Instagram up or whatever, figure out what that is, work on that. And then what about your online business listings? Like if somebody Googled you, do you have a Google place set up? Do you have a Google? Um, even if you are like an online business, you should be able to have like a Google listing. If somebody Googles you, all of your information should be right there. Um, Yelp, Manta, any travel sites, city or regional specific sites, all of you who are in vacation rentals, you know, you better get on every list in your vacation destinations so that you are competitive with everybody else. Um, same with hair salons. Like when I travel and I'm looking for a hair and makeup artist, because I'm going to be the opening keynote and I have all those lights on me and I'm going to be videoed and photographed and all that kind of stuff. Then I'm, I'm going to Yelp. I'm going to TripAdvisor. I'm looking <laughs> for other people's reviews. So make sure that you're positioned there. Okay. Um, and then optimizing your SEO, your search engine optimization is where you need to focus. Um, if people can't easily find you right now, Every time I'm on another podcast, guess what? That links back to my website that increases my search engine optimization. If you Google Amber Hurdle, you will see <clears throat> I handle the top three pages. Um, there's not a lot of other Amber Hurdles who can compete with that. So make sure that you're doing things by getting on other people's websites, blog for other people, um, <clears throat> make sure that your blog is stuffed with keywords. I, again, I, this is not my cup of tea. I'm not the SEO expert, but I've done enough of it over the years to find my own success. So again, done is better than perfect. Some effort is going to get you further along than no effort at all. And especially if you're in a small town, like claim your keywords. So that could be best, um, auto detailer in Lebanon, Tennessee, or whatever that is. Make sure that every time you fill out your social media uh, listings or anything that you make sure you have your keywords in there. Um, somebody's going to find you because you have a listing on Twitter. If you have not done any SEO, then they are on your, even your own website. So make sure that you've got that super, super clear. Okay. Um, 
preparing your house for visitors is just making sure that someone who's trying to find out more about you not only can find out more about you, but they get the same message that um, you are sending to people you're actively seeking business from. So whatever you're doing to try to like (laughs) recruit and retain your market share or new employees, make sure that people can find that information if they come to find you either on um, your own website, social media, or any type of business listings or, or like Glassdoor if you're recruiting. Okay. Um, and so some of this might seem a little overwhelming or techie. Um, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed with it. There's a lot in the book. And then also, you know, we have coaching programs and we can unpack all of this, but I just want to high level ask you pick three active, big game hunting marketing strategies, and then, um, two passive strategies where you're kind of cleaning up your house and getting it ready for your guests. Okay. So, um, the third mistake people make is they're not doing enough to stay in touch with existing or potential customers. And I can fall into this category, especially when I get super busy and I'm on the road. Um, but the time to market yourself is all of the time. And I was just with a bunch of realtors at West point in New York, and they are the best about this. Cause guess what? You're not buying three houses a year from a realtor. Okay. You are buying a house. Maybe if you move a lot every three years, or, um, you know, most of the time it's probably like every 10 years, but if you stay front and center and they're constantly remembering what a great experience with that was, well, they have friends, they have family, they have colleagues that they can refer to you. And you'll see people post like on Facebook or whatever saying, Hey, um, we're thinking about listing our house. Who's the best person for XYZ. And then like tons of people are listing names be in that because it's so much more powerful for people to refer business to you than for you to be like, Oh, I'm great. Listen, why? So again, the time to market yourself is all of the time. You want to be top of mind when somebody needs your kind of service. Um, then you have to, um, you don't necessarily have to consistently go out there and be crazy looking for the opportunities. I love being known for personal branding as it relates to leadership. And I love being known for employer branding as it relates to recruiting and retaining employees. Like if somebody thinks of those problems, I want them to think of me, but I have to stay top of mind. That's why I do social media. That's why I put stuff out there to remind people, this is what I do for a living. And I would love to do it for you. Right. Um, so think about just as a service or as a person who gets services, how many times did you miss like a cut or a color because you didn't make your appointment in time? And so you had to wait longer. If your salon was routinely emailing you or was emailing you like, I don't know, two or three weeks before you should be scheduling your next hair appointment. If you're not psychotic like me and you always make it before you even leave the salon. If that salon did that and was like, Hey, it's about time for your, you know, color update. How are those roots looking? You would be more inclined to do that because they are staying top of mind. So instead of getting two cut and colors, they're getting three cut and colors and that's increasing their revenue simply because they stayed in touch with you. It's really, really easy. Um, I see a lot of salons, um, or salon owners or hairdressers that will say like, okay, I've got, you know, and, and I see this with estheticians too. I have three openings in the month of October that just came open. DM me if you want one of those spots, you know, I get busy around the holidays, whatever that looks like. So they're always staying top of mind and also making sure people remember like, 
If you don't get in now, you're not going to get in. That is this kind of keep in touch type strategy. Okay. What about like, if you're a massage therapist and somebody gets on your table every couple of weeks, and then suddenly they haven't had a massage from you in a month, go back through your listings, go back through your appointments and see if there are patterns that have been broken and then just send them a text like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Hope everything's okay. Just was thinking about you. You don't even have to say like, ready to get on the table again, just point out that their rhythm is broken. And they might be like, Oh my gosh, I've been so busy. And I so need a massage. What do you have open? And it might be like, I'm just traveling a lot right now. I will text you or I will call you or whatever when that time comes. But if you don't ask, you don't know what's going on in their world. So our attention spans are incredibly limited, especially if you're like me and you're constantly on the go. Like you should see my bedroom right now. Oh my gosh. There's just like suitcases and clothes everywhere. And I I'm booked tonight. I'm booked all day tomorrow. I'm booked tomorrow night. And that was coming off of having a cancellation. So don't assume that people don't want to do business with you. People are busier. Attention spans are limited. Um, so here's your action for your keep in touch marketing strategies. I want you to work on one way that you're going to proactively keep in touch with your current or potential clients or both. And you could do that through a newsletter. You can do that through a blog that's delivered to their email automatically. You could do that through text message campaigns. You could do that through printed newsletters. Um, you can do that with follow-up calls to potential new or dormant clients. So you get a new client. Doctors are pretty good about this. Hey, um, glad to have you as a new patient. Just wanted to follow up, see how you're feeling, see how you thought about your first visit. We're really glad to have you. And of course, if you have anything, whether you get sick or there's just something kind of crazy that doesn't feel right, I, I want you to know that we're here from you. And maybe you have an office manager do that, or maybe you have the physician do it. Chiropractors are really, really great about this. Now you feel like you have an emotional connection. So dormant clients, what is that? People that have bet done business with you in the past, but not recently. So wake them up. What's going on? We've missed you. Um, and then of course we want to direct mail is another one. And then autoresponder email sequences are ways to stay in touch. If somebody is on your list and you want to get them comfortable with your business and your brand, or if somebody is a new employee and you want them to become like, um, or they apply for a job and you want them to be comfortable, like, Hey, this wasn't uh, the position for you, but we'd love to keep you posted on additional positions that, that are um, coming up, moving forward. Always keep that pool of opportunity going. Okay. So to recap, we're going to do three active strategies. So going out and getting business, networking, phone calls, whatever that looks like, um, podcasting, live streaming, anything like that. We want to do two passives. So that's just making sure that your home is in order, making sure that all of your, your bios and your images and your next steps across all different social media channels are ready to receive your, your guests and then do one keep in touch strategy where you're always staying top of mind. Okay. So create goals in each of those areas and then decide what success would look like for each of those strategies and what outcomes you're trying to drive by implementing these strategies and then measure your success regularly, whether it's weekly or every couple of weeks or once a month, and then measure the overall impact at the end of the three month period. And then just simply reassess what to do for the next quarter. You might have to do things a little bit more to gain more traction. Like you kind of feel like it's working, but you need to dive in a little bit more. 
You may not want to change anything because all of it is working and you may want to tweak a thing or two to elevate your results or maybe accommodate a busy season, a slow season, or like a holiday. So just keep those things in mind. Um, I've been teaching branding and marketing for a very long time. Um, definitely, you know, have a PR degree, uh, advertising and a marketing minor, and that's been a big part of my world. But from a branding perspective, it is like, this is the business. And then this is the internal brand. And if you're an individual brand or like a direct sales company or a realtor or an insurance company, you have lots of games to play there. I know a lot of people in financial services, um, you know, they are very strict about what you're allowed to post on your social media. So these are things that you need to get in the groove. Okay. So um, be thinking about what is realistic. Let me say that again. Think about what is realistic. Don't try to boil the ocean. Just pick a few things out of each of these categories and then make sure that your brand is supported through all of it. It's, it's, it's as simple as you want it to be. Okay. And if you, if you need some accountability, um, I'm not really ready to talk this particular week about, um, our program that we have, like we have accountability built into our group coaching program. But in the meantime, or if that's not for you, because it's not for everyone, find somebody who also is recruiting, who also is in business for themselves, or who also is in charge of the marketing for their particular company, find somebody else and then like pair up with them and have meetings with that person. So you could talk about what's working, what's not. And if you're having a hard time measuring something to understand if it's working, then that other person might be able to be a good thought partner to, to help you decide, is there a different way that you could look at this? Is there a different way for you to measure success? There's all kinds of analytics, all kinds of little um, cookies and things like that. There's different um, codes that you could put into your website to see if your Facebook ads are working or not. We're not going to get into all of that, but sometimes it's just simply are more people coming to our website than before start there. If you can get that far, then take the next step of, you know, really targeting where are these people coming from when they land on our website, start small and then grow from there. If you're recruiting, figure out is our campaign where we give all of our employees business cards to, to hand out to people that they see delivering flawless service when they're out, see how many of those are coming in. And, and then maybe that's all you measure for now, but start measuring somewhere, or you're always going to be feeling like you're not sure-footed when it comes to marketing. And most people that I know, they hate marketing the most because it is confusing and it is very hard to determine what's working and what's not if you don't have a strategic way of measuring your results. So if you want to do it right, even if you don't know what right looks like, just keep it simple. If you have any questions or you do want to find out about our coaching program, I can tell you about it. Um, but we're just not really ready to have people enroll quite yet. And you can email me at amber at amberhurdle.com that will be starting up in February. So I hope that's helpful for you. I've been getting a lot of questions as people have been starting their new, their new year. And I've covered some of this information before. So we're repurposing this content, but this is simple red lipstick marketing. It's, it's, it's all about 
you know, when you go out to the mailbox, you just put on your big sunglasses and put on that red lipstick. And it's a lot of impact for a little bit of effort. That's what I want you to do. I want you to have a lot of impact for a little bit of effort because we're also running businesses. We're also managing people. We're also trying to do hybrid teams and all kinds of stuff. So just don't overcomplicate things and you will start to get traction. Say it one more time. Do not overcomplicate things and you will start to get traction. So again, you can find out more. You can get the show notes at amber at amberhurdle.com. They'll be very limited this time because you can download free resources at the bombshellbusinesswoman.com, the bombshellbusinesswoman.com. And you can also get my book, The Bombshell Businesswoman on Amazon or any of those places where you can buy uh, books, a million Barnes and Noble target. I think Walmart still carries it. Or if you have points somewhere or any type of loyalty programs then certainly get it from there. Um, otherwise I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.